I don't know. I feel like four shows in, uh, we should probably have some sort of introduction roughly worked out. And I feel like all we do is just go, I have no idea how to start a podcast. So maybe that's how we start podcasts, by saying that we don't know. I, I mean, I could start singing. No, nobody needs that. And I always forget how to do an intro. Welcome to Wargamers Anonymous, ladies and gentlemen, with me, Captain Pickle, and my amazing co-host, Mr. Elston from Elston Nation. This is Wargamers Anonymous, your one-stop shop for all things wargaming, and food, and books, and general <laughs> randomness. We are the Wal- the Walmart of uh, wargaming. Yes, it's like we are, if we were described as a shop, I think that we would be the middle aisle in Aldi. <laughs> That's just full of Power random tools, stuff. Socks. Sometimes, sometimes it's amazing, and other times it's just full of junk. <laughs> that is what we are. We are the middle aisle in Aldi or Lidl. We're right same. next to the meat and nuts, but we're also power tools, socks, and cleaning equipment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to the podcast. If you enjoy this show, then be sure to leave us a like or leave us a review. Um, you can follow us anywhere where you listen to your podcast, but that's Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere else. And we will soon, I know we keep saying it, but we will soon be coming to YouTube, I promise. We will we, um, definitely be coming on YouTube. Yes, I've I've got a lot on at the minute, but it is on the top of my to-do list. To come on so, YouTube. Yes, that is... <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> and as of this episode as well, you'll also be seeing some amazing artwork, uh, mm-hmm. which has been done by a good friend of mine, uh, mm-hmm. Hannah, uh, from Idle Scribblings. I'll put a link to her Facebook page in it's the very, show notes. Very, very nice. Yes, uh, so there's myself as Traz in the Infinite and Elston as a... A world eater. A world Primaris, eater. Primaracy guy <laughs> amazing yes uh, so yes that's the that's the brand new artwork for the show which i am very excited to have on show and be showing all you guys Hope, hopefully as well if i've got some time this weekend i will try and get the facebook page up together with some of the artwork and we shall hopefully get links out to that so if you want to come along and have a look at the facebook side of things we shall hopefully have that ready for you by the end of the weekend so by the time this is out it should be ready Absolutely fantastic. If if it's not, maybe next week. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, So we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do before we get on with the show. I just want to say that last on the last episode we reviewed beef jerky Mm -hmm. for our snack attack segment, uh, and I'd forgotten who it was that had recommended it. That was in fact uh, Boffnet from our Discord. Uh, he he was the one that recommended that. So, Buffnet, thank you very much for recommending Beef Jerky. I have absolutely loved it, and I have had, I think, four or five packets since that episode um, as, as treats in the week. So Pickle is now addicted to jerking. Yes, that's the that's that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, so a massive thank you to, uh, to Buffnet, to Paul, for... Uh, recommending that mm-hmm. and uh, if you've got your own suggestions for snack attack make sure to chuck them down in the discord or get in contact with us in any of the other ways that you can also as well we have a uh one of the suggestions for book club is going to be on today's show at the end when we get to book club as well so i will tell you more about that when we get there Brilliant. 
So, moving on with the show then, we should probably get on to what have we been doing. Elston, mm. what have you been doing? I know you've been on a bit of a building marathon the last few episodes. Are you I, still on with that? I am still on with that. However, the pile is getting smaller and smaller as we speak. Uh, I've made some executive decisions to um, scrap a project, rather a large one, that I was hoping I was going to do. I was hoping to do a Eldar Yanari army. Which was uh, Yanari Eldari Eldar Yanari Army Ari Yanari Army. Uh, it sounds like a Japanese food, doesn't it? Yanari it's, Army. It sounds like a, a kids' TV show for like a Saturday morning, <laughs> right? Hi, uh, kids! It's time for Yanari Army. Yay! <laughs> it sounds like one word, Yanari Army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I've made an executive decision to scrap that project because it's a massive one. And you know what? I don't need it. I've had a look through the codex for Eldar as well. And I'm like, nope, nope. (laughs) Far too complicated to do that stuff. So I am opting out of that one. So that is now going into the pile of get rid of stuff. And uh, this weekend, I will be working through trying to uh, sell some stuff as well. So I'm going to be doing a little bit of a video on that as well, on my little process of selling things. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, That's pretty much it for me this week. How about yourself, old Joshy boy? I've been super, super busy. Um, I finished all my Marvel stuff that I've been working on. So the core box is completely painted, based, nice. everything. That's all done. There is a video coming out on that. I'm way behind on videos. Um, and then as well as that, I've also just yesterday finished building my first ever gaming table. <clears throat> and uh, there'll be a video coming out for that as well. Um, I am so happy with it. I've done it with Luke, I've had advice from him, help from him, but I have planned it all, done it all, designed it all. Um, so I'm, I feel very accomplished right now. Um, nice. And I'm looking for. I've literally just this morning spent the first couple of hours that I've been up starting to edit that video and get that ready to to come out at some point in the next week or so. Nice. You got that little bit of dopamine hit for completing a project, right? And it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good. Well, that's it. I need to get the same sort of dopamine hit from finishing some videos, though, because I've currently got... <laughs> right. I'm in the process of editing, like, five different videos at the moment. Three of them for work, two for my channel, mm-hmm. um, and I've not got any of them done. So I need to I need to get cracking and get some videos done. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Same, same here as well. I've... Um... Yeah, it's. I exported all my files for my building video as well, and it took know, three hours. I'm just like, Ugh. it's like yeah. two hundred fifty gig. Like, so that's what I've been doing for video projects. I've built a gaming table. I finished putting all the Marvel stuff. Well, all the Marvel stuff from the core box. I've still got a lot of other stuff to paint. <laughs> um, and as well as that, I also did a, a conversion uh, over the last couple of weeks. I did a conversion on my live stream. Uh, the previous Wednesday of a ultramarine uh, slaughtering a necrom, <laughs> and then over the weekend afterwards, I, I painted that up. I spent a, a couple of hours just sort of painting something just for me, just to enjoy painting rather than filming and stuff. Uh, and that's all finished and done now. I'm, I'm actually really happy with that. Used an oil wash on it. It's the first time I've used an oil wash on a miniature. Mm-hmm. Um, and my God, they are the future. <laughs> yeah, oil washes are amazing. 
So are. yeah, really enjoyed working on that. Even if it was an ultramarine, uh, I'm quite happy with that. Uh, if you want to see that, you can go and check out my Instagram link. I'll put a link in the show notes and description and stuff. Um, but yeah, Fun. that's about that. that's about it from me. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Nice. So fairly busy. Nice. Well. We've got an action-packed topic this week, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, so, you, so you're going to you're going to take the lead on this one uh, a little bit more than me, just because you're a bit more of an expert than I am. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to talking about this. So, over when was it last week mm-hmm. or the week before? Whatever mm-hmm. it was, Adepticon mm-hmm. um, Games Workshop had loads of like, announcements and, and trailers and previews and all that sort of stuff but the one that we're going to talk about mainly today is Horace Heresy. Now I'm going to get my talking out of the way first because <laughs> as you can tell Elson's got quite a lot to say on this. Um, I have never played the Horace Heresy game, I've never bought and painted any of the Horace Heresy miniatures, I've read some of the Horace Heresy books, I've not read all of them but I have read a good chunk of them. Um, well, I say a good chunk of them. It was a good chunk of them when I finished reading the last one that I read, but that was about ten years ago. So it's 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 not anywhere near all of them now. Nope. But so I, I know what the Horus Heresy is. I've never looked at the game, so I've no idea how it plays, how the system compares to Forty K or Age of Sigma or anything like that. Um, and I and I, I'll be honest, I don't really know what this update, what this new edition, whatever it is, is going to bring. So. With that being said, I'm going to hand you over to Elston. He's going to talk about it. And then, after he's talked about it for a bit, and I stop him, <laughs> then we're going to talk about what we would like to see mm-hmm. from the new edition of Horus Heresy and our ideas. And just none of this is obviously rumours or anything like that. This is all just our sort of what we would love to see from it and what we would love to see from a game system. But with that all out of the way and being said, I'm going to hand you over to Elston now, and he's going to just verbally diarrhea about Horace Heresy everywhere. Oh, I'm excited about this one. All right, okay, let's let's talk Horace Heresy. What? Let's start off with what is the Horace Heresy. So, what you may well know from Wargaming, if you're into Games Workshop of any kind of form, uh. There is a game system called Warhammer 40k that is based in the 41st millennium. So, 40, 41, yeah, explain the logic. Anyway, that's how apparently time is worded and listed. The Horus Heresy is based in the 30k era, so it's 10,000 years before Warhammer 40k. So, apologies if you already know this stuff, but just teaching you to suck eggs right now, but for people who don't know, it's worth a bit of an explanation. So, what happened in the 30k era, there was this guy called the Emperor, and the Emperor was the dog's bollocks, basically. He was the pinnacle <laughs> of humans, and he got all kinds of smart and all kinds of clever and all kinds of stuff. And he was like, you know what? I'm a little bit tired of humans fighting each other. Because what could we do if we didn't fight each other and fought everyone else? So what he did was he bitch slapped every every other human that wanted to fight every other human. And said, no, we're going to fight everyone else now. And they were like, oh, okay, no, we don't want to do that. So then he shot them. And then... Everyone that was left went, ooh, I don't want to be shot. So, okay, I'll follow this guy. 
So that's basically, in a nutshell, the unification walls of terror. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's like the briefest briefest explanation I've ever heard. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> right. There was so, this guy, and he just shot loads of people, and others didn't want to be shot at the end. Exactly that. So uh, with the emperor, he uh, he wanted to get rid of religion. He wanted to get rid of all this warring stuff, all this stuff which would cause wars with human race. And he wanted to um, he wanted to basically unify the human race and claim the galaxy as theirs. He believed that the galaxy was humanity's right to conquer it, and it was theirs. So he started messing around with things and started messing around with human physiology and stuff, and he created these things called the Thunder Warriors. So, brief side note, Thunder Warriors were like the prototype for Space Marines, and then once he was like, okay, prototype's a little bit, like, it's messed up in some ways, he then created the Space Marines. And these are the ones you know and love in Warhammer 40k. So, right, this is early era Space Marine stuff, and the Emperor has unified Terra. He's got his Space Marines, and he's like, right, let's go. So he assembles en masse all these Space Marines, and he's preparing to go into the galaxy. What he does, though, is he's like, right, I'm going to need some leaders for this. So he creates 20 Primarchs. Uh, they're not the shop in the UK. They are big-ass <laughs> demigod superhumans. Uh, so, and these 20 Primarchs were going to be the generals that were going to go out and lead the Space Marine Legions, and they were going to conquer the galaxy. However, in the Warhammer universe, there's this wonderful thing called Chaos. Uh, Chaos is mainly run by gods of absolute messed up, messed upiness, and, uh, they were like, no, we, we don't want that, because, no. We we want to do stuff. So they were like, right, okay, we're going to mess with you. So they took the 20 Primarchs and just launched them across the galaxy. If you can imagine a kaplunk that's gone wrong, that is kind of like a micro version of what happened with the Primarchs. It just it pulled the wrong straw out and... And all the Primarchs went flying all across the galaxy. So thousands and millions of miles away... And yeah, they all landed on their own planets. So the Emperor was a bit sad about this. He was like, oh, well, my generals are gone. Okay, I best go do it myself. So he went off and took all his legions. And then he found all the Primarchs again. So yay, happy times. And they all got reunited with their legions. Only problem is all the Primarchs were not brought up and trained by the Emperor. They were brought up by their own homeworlds. So they all had their own kind of traits and stuff going on. Don't worry, I'm getting to wargaming. I'm just telling you the story in the <laughs> briefest version as well, possible. I'm, as well. I'm enjoying you trying to tell the entirety of the Horus Heresy in yeah, like in micro five format. minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's like 50 odd books that are all at least four, 500 pages each and I'm condensing it into I, I could assume a seven minute conversation. Um yeah. Anyway, all of the Primarchs got found, but they all been brought up on their own homeworld, so they all had their own quirky little traits that maybe the Emperor didn't necessarily want, with some, aka the Butcher's Nails. Um, you, if a World Eaters fans would know about that. So, the uh, Primarchs got reunited with their legions. Also, as well, two of them got kaplunked and shot off and just disappeared. Um, if you can imagine someone finding out something... Well, finding out a secret truth, putting it on Facebook, and then that person disappears. That is basically what happened to two of the legions. So two of the legions you will never know about. Um, 
that's just an ongoing thing. Anyway, so uh, so all the brothers got all their legions, and they all started meeting with each other, and then they were all like, oh, okay, cool, 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 let's go. I'll go do this way, I'll, I'll go conquer this way, and X, Y, Z, and yeah, they went off and did their stuff. And then the emperor was like, you know what, right, you guys have got this, I'm going to go back home and work on a secret, 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 secret project. Um, now, this, this didn't go down overly well. Because these Primarchs, being genetically engineered demigods, have got the mindset of children. They were not happy about Daddy having secrets. And one of them got really un- unhappy about it. Well, many of them got unhappy about it. One in particular was like, no, I don't want to deal with it. No, no, it's not. I'm not happy. Um, because he had his way of doing things and Daddy was not proud of him. Daddy didn't give him much support, so he, he was not happy. And then he was like, okay, right. I'm going to see if any of the other children want to be like me. Or are the other children. And then he tried corrupting the other ones. And some of them got corrupted. Especially the big guy. Mr. Horace. Mr. Horace was like the best kitty. But he had real daddy issues. Mr. Mr. Horace was not happy about daddy going away. Because he's like, but daddy, I'm your favorite. You can tell me the secrets. And daddy's like, no. No. I'm not telling you these secrets. And he was like, but I'm the best one. And he's like... I know, but you're still not that good. So the emperor went away, and Horace went, got angry and mad. And he was like, you know what? I can be better than dad. I'm going to be dad now. So he went to all the other children, all the other primarchs, and he was like, guess what? I'm going to be dad now. And they were like, um, yeah, or no. And then we have this thing called the Horus Heresy, where basically the children of the emperor are all having a bit of a strop with each other. And Horace is like, okay, I'm going to go take Daddy's chair because Daddy's got the big comfy chair. So he goes, right, I've got to go back to go back to home and take Daddy's chair. Although Daddy's chair is f- surrounded by warriors, so I'm going to have to fight and kill a load of people to get Daddy's chair. And then all the other brothers were like, okay, well, I don't want Daddy's chair, but I don't like Daddy. So therefore, okay, I'll be on your side. And that's basically the gist of it. And that's the Horus Heresy in a nutshell in layman's terms. Brilliant. Okay. okay. That was superbly done. <laughs> right. Let's get let's get a little bit more into the in-depth nitty-gritty side of things. So people that are familiar with Warhammer 40k and the Space Marines and all that jazz. Horus Heresy is set ten thousand years in the past. And what it is is the eighteen legions basically split in half. Um, nine of them go against Daddy, nine of them stand with Daddy. And there is it's set over the span of seven years of Horace turning into a bad guy and then going to try and take the Golden Throne off the Emperor. And then that time frame is just all the legions fighting with each other. Now, in Warhammer 40k, I've done a video series on this, believe it or not, which I'm actually going to revive for this new edition as well. Um... Unlike 40k, the chapters in 40k of Space Marines are set to a limit of a thousand strong. Some of them break it, like Black Templars and Space Wolves. They don't tend to care. In Horus Heresy times, there is no such limit on how many Space Marines you can have in your Legion. Uh, Chapter is different to a Legion. A Legion is much, 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 much bigger. So a Legion can be set anywhere between... 50,000 Space Marines to uh, the Ultramarines were marking in at over 250,000 Space Marines. So uh, uh, so the Ultramarines were rocking in at at least quarter of a million Space Marines in the Ultramarines Legion. They were the biggest out of the lot. 
Hence why the Ultramarines get such praise. So, Horus Heresy is this time where in the Horus Heresy era, or in the Great Crusade era, the re- the religious doctrines that you see in Warhammer 40k about blessed be the Emperor were not about because the Space Marines were told not to believe in any religion and anyone that believed that the emperor was a god was basically shunned and kind of outcast for it they're like no you're wrong there is no such thing as religion there's no such thing as god to think the emperor is a god you're an idiot um so they all got kind of shunned for that so it was this beautiful time when technology could be experimented on 40k granted that's changed recently with call but in 30k, they were still developing new technology. They were still creating new weapons. They're like, ooh, this is a cool gun. This does this. Well, that pops that guy's head. I'm going to keep this gun. So, And they just kept on developing it. So they had loads of crazy tech going on. Um, and loads of different kinds of armaments. And it, they were like experimenting with their armor so there was like different grades of armor there's mark one mark two mark three mark four mark five mark six and some mark sevens i believe were reported as being shown in the heresy but it kind of stopped around mark six that brings us nicely onto gw's announcement about the horus heresy horus heresy has been a game in its own right for a good few years now I want to say like 10 years, maybe, possibly. I can't remember when I first got into it. Um, But it has been a game, and it was based on the 7th edition Warhammer 40k rules. Um, Anyone who's played 7th edition, it's basically those rules, where vehicles had armor values and armor facings, and guns all had like points of uh, direction and stuff like that, and line of sight, and XYZ. There's a whole bunch of things. Um, If you came into Warhammer 40k from like 8th edition onwards it's a very different system there are blast templates, there's scatter dice, there's all kinds of crazy stuff like rules like gets hot I don't know if that's still a rule but um, there's loads of different rules and it's based off of that now what's been happening over the past 10 years or so is they've been piecemeal feeding out new legions new rules as things go on so uh, the first books were i think the first four legions um and then there were two other books which followed kind of in quick succession i want to say quick succession there was like a year or so gap between them um which gave the majority rules for the majority of the legions as the years have gone on more books have come out with more rules and now all of the legions all have rules however what GW have kind of cleverly done, they've gone, right, okay, so maybe we didn't quite calculate the rules for this Legion 10 years ago compared to what the new rules are for the new Legions. You ever heard of Codex Creep and stuff like that? That's, it's very much the same in Warhammer 40k, sorry, 30k, and that, that, they've kind of gone, right, um, this is my guess, is they've gone, right, okay, this, this, game system is a decade old and the legions don't quite match up and putting out erratas and faqs has kind of gone a bit gone a little bit crazy so i believe what they've done now is they've gone right we can make a bucket load of money here people so let's take this look at all the rules for all the legions and make new ones and we'll try and keep it all in line keep it all balanced 
that's 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 a false statement. If anyone ever thought they could make a balanced game system for <laughs> any game, you are wrong. <clears throat> you are wrong. Anyway, so this they, new release then are they mm. are there is each does each legion have their own codex then? Mm, or yes, yeah. Well, right, okay, yeah. The so the main thing with Horus Heresy is the primary focus is Marines versus Marines, which I know is like a weird thing for a lot of Warhammer Forty K side of things. So you're either like Marines versus Chaos Marines or Tau or Eldar or X, you know all the other races. In this, it's Marines versus Marines, and that's the basic concept. There are some breakouts of that rule. Uh, Custodes, Sisters of Silence, um, and Solar Auxilia, also demons, are in Horus Heresy as well. Uh, Solar Auxilia, just to clarify that, that's the Imperial Guard or Astra Militarum, but it was called the Imperial Army back then. It wasn't the Imperial Guard, it was the Imperial Army, and the Solar Auxilia are the main kind of main thing that's been mentioned in the Horus Heresy when it comes to um, the Imperial Guard or Imperial Army. So, there are, the, it's not just Marines versus Marines, you can throw some other things into the mix there as well. But, the, the, the baseline. What what's good about it in the essence of there is a baseline rule set for all the legions, so um, I can't remember how exactly they phrased it, but it is basically you get a Space Marine Army list. Now that Space Marine Army list will have all of the units um, for a baseline legion, so that would include stuff like a Praetor, which is basically a captain or a chapter master. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or a um, a centurion, which is like a or a captain or lieutenant. It's like the next one down. But then you would have your troops units, your fast attack, your elites, your heavy support, and these would include stuff like the Leviathan dreadnoughts, the Deredio dreadnoughts, Terminators, uh, jet bikes, um, all the other kinds of tanks, drop pods, all of that stuff. All the baseline stuff would be included in the rulebook. So you could run an entire legion without having to have a specific legion if you really wanted to. However, that's not a good idea because picking a legion is fun and you also get new units. So each legion has its own kind of army list. It's not quite as big as a codex by any means. Um, You're looking at maybe... I want to say anywhere between four maybe four to eight units per legion like specific units that are Mm -hmm. only that legion will have those um and then you would get special characters dropped on top of that and the the special characters would include primarchs uh captains stuff like that uh so uh for for a kind of link to 40k uh you know khan the betrayer Mm -hmm. Uh, khan is in 30k he, you have his version of him. But you have, for example, there's two versions of him. There's one where he is just running with his normal weapons, but there is a point where he, you could swap him out for one of him having one of Angron's axes. I think it's Gorechild. Um, so Angron's got two big axes, uh, Gorefather and Gorechild, and Khan takes one of those axes at one point, so, and that's Khan's axe. 
This is kind of the interesting thing about 30k, it's a little bit of a side thing. There's so much lore and story behind it. If you've read any of the Horus Heresy books, the rule books and the fluff books that go with it just expand on that monstrously. You get to find out all about the legions before they found their Primarchs, because a lot of them had different names. So, for example, the Death Guard, before they were called the Death Guard, they were called the Dusk Raiders. Um, uh, the the World Eaters, that's it, I had to think of the name. The World Eaters, before they were called the World Eaters, are called the Warhounds. So there's various different things. You can learn all about that. I'm curious to see how the new book deals with that, or if it has any of that, if it has any of the old fluff in it, uh, explaining about this. I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens with that. So, anyway. They, yes, they, they have... Your legions have their own specific units, but there's not many of them. So the bulk of your force is going to be um, mainly normal space marine stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you can model it and paint it how you want to. What you'll find as well, though, there are uh, rights of war, uh, which are kind of like chapter tactics and special ways you can design your army. And this will affect how your army plays. So, for example, um, Night Lords... There is one called Terror Assault, and you have Night Raptors and Terror Squads are the, bait, are the bulk unit, and the entire game starts in night fighting. And, yeah, it kind of... These rights of war will affect how you build your army, effectively. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole as well, because this <laughs> is the bit where... I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen next. And this is for all the Horus Heresy players as well. I'm sure they're on the same kind of level with me. It's like, we don't know what's going to happen next. However, interestingly, there was a leak about the traitor rules. I had a read about that the other day. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. But I should probably explain because I've been talking for about 20 minutes now, non-stop. About <clears throat> I'm this. still here, by the way. I know, I know. It's fine. <laughs> Josh is still here. He's still alive. I've got a little ticker on his heart. If it stops, I'll just shock him. Um, the, the To explain what's happening about the Horus Heresy, GW seemed to have compiled all the rules, I'm guessing play-tested them, and now re-released it as a new game. What has built up the hype so much about this, I think, is everyone kind of knew this was coming. They kind of like, there's been whispers for a long time about this, but they did a, an incredible, incredible CGI little movie clip as an introduction to the Horus Heresy. And all the Horus Heresy fans, I hope, hope, I'm, I'll explain about this in a minute, um, kind of went, <gasps> And pretty much, they're all just holding their breath now. Uh, there is an open day coming up. Me and all of my friends are like, we're going to this, we're going to this, we're going to this. And I've not been this excited about going to a GW thing or been excited about a GW thing this much in a long time. To the point where I'm scrapping loads of projects to get ready for this thing because I'm just so excited about it. So... There's a new edition. There's a new box coming on the way. I believe what they're doing is they are taking the majority of the models that were created by Forgeworld. Also, as well to explain, Forgeworld did the majority of the models for the Horus Heresy. So it was quite a pricey thing. I believe what they're doing is they've taken a lot of those and made them into plastic kits as well. So, 
it's made it quite tantalizing for all the Horace Heresy players because now we're like, plastic <gasps> kits, everything's going to be cheaper. We can play this game even more. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah. Super, super excited. Josh, would you like to say something before my talking continues? Um, so I just want to talk about what this new edition brings because, I've, as I said, I've never played the older edition. I've never played Horace Heresy before. I know the setting and I know the general, you know, Horace d- d- gets grumpy and <laughs> spoilers, doesn't end up winning, but sort of does, but mm. sort of doesn't. Um, but is there any, have they like, announced anything? Have they mentioned anything about how the game will play? Like, is it going to be a similar sort of thing or are they going to do something completely different? Or So what from what I've understood of the leaks and the rules and the way this is going to work, is it's going to be like 7.5 on the rule set. So I believe they're still going to be using 7th edition rules as the core. However, I believe they're going to take elements of like 8th and 9th edition and roll that into it. Um, a prime example is in in 7th edition, your vehicles would have armor-facing values and they also have uh, hull points or structure points. Uh, structure points is for Titanics, hull points is for... Um, smaller tanks so for example a land raider would have four hull points yeah it's um, essentially wounds isn't it though like that's that's yeah kind from of. older editions i remember playing is basically like depending on what side of the tank you shoot depends on what you need to roll to get through it because the armor's better exactly that yeah like um, um and then you would roll on you, a chart to see what would happen whether it would lose a whole point or, or a weapon or, or be yeah, immobilized all that ex- sort of stuff exactly yeah, yeah. that i believe that's staying however an interesting thing i believe what they're doing is they're changing dreadnoughts to have a wound characteristic instead of an armor value which i'm quite looking forward to to be honest um dreadnoughts having wounds is uh, it it sounds like a small thing but it's quite an interesting one um because it switches up. The problem is with hull points and the whole armor value thing. Is if you, if you did have a gun, which was a very good gun, you could pop a tank with one shot, and mm-hmm. it was the most devastating thing to do. If someone rolled that lucky, you're just like, oh, I give up. However, um, uh, so dreadnoughts not popping instantly is kind of good. I mean, there still could be guns that do that, but I'm, I like the idea that that's, that's a nice change. Um, the rules that I've read seem to have brought them in line, so I believe the majority of Space Marines have two wounds each now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much else about the rules so far. All I've read is the Legion-specific rules. Um, and from reading what I read the other night about them and talking to my friends about it, I think they basically buffed all the legions to be very competitive with each other. Yeah. Um, over the years, a lot of the rules were designed in the essence of being what they call fluffy. So it's designed to fit with the legions kind of persona. However, that didn't always translate to a good thing in game. But what I believe they've done is they've looked at it because they've got all the rules now for all the legions. They're like, right, okay. 
this is obviously not a good thing. No one's taking this. Why would anyone take this? Let's sort it out and give them something better. So, by the looks of it, it I'm hope I'm hoping is all the legions are going to be all very good. So that it's all competitive. There's always going to be ones which are stronger against others, and that's that's just it is. But yeah, I. I, I like the way it's looking so far from all the leaks that I've seen. Now, granted, everything that I've seen leaks-wise is is a leak at the end of the day. And it's a rumor, so there's an element of take it with a pinch of salt. Um, I could be wrong. It could be completely different. And Games Workshop have bamboozled me completely. But, so far, it looks like it's going to be... Um, it looks like it's going to be very interesting, um, and they've hopefully they've tidied things up. There was some stuff in Horus Heresy which didn't make a massive amount of sense, but I think that's true for all all war games. So I don't, f yeah, I, I'm just I'm I'm hoping for with it that it's a cleaner, tidier game. Mm. Um, I See, will. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. I, I will talk for another 15 minutes unless you stop me. So, so <laughs> All I was going to say is, like, <laughs> with this being, like, a different game, like, I would... I mean, I've never played 30k, but I with this, I would have hoped for, like, something, like, completely different, like a radical change. Like, mm. I'm, I'm interested in the setting, and with them being plastics now instead, mm -hmm. it's a bit more, sort of, financially viable. Mm -hmm. um, but... I'm not really interested in playing yeah. like seventh ish edition because I played that when seventh edition was out. Like, I would I would want something completely different. Like, I would want them to, to you know, like how Age of Sigma plays very different to 40k and how Lord of the Rings plays very different to mm -hmm. like everything else. I would want something. I mean, if if some, something like alternating turns or uh, alternating activations or like just something to make it its own system rather than just like now, so. It's interesting you say that because it's just actually twigged me on something which I have I forgot to mention, um, and I've only just remembered it now that you said it. There is this new thing called action points, which right. I don't know what they are, and we're all scratching our heads a bit with all my friends that we've been talking about. But there are reactions you can do in right. in the game, as far as I can tell. So. And you use these action points. I'm guessing they're a bit like command points uh, mm -hmm. to do things. So for one of them with the Night Lords, which I read, and granted this is all leaked stuff, so it could be wrong, there is a reaction that you can do. And you have to spend a react a action point to do this. If someone charges you, you can retreat and instantly regroup um, a up to their movement. Uh, what that means is um, charging in uh, charging in Horus Heresy. I'm pretty sure works the same as it does in 40k. You roll two two d6, and that's the distance that you charge. Effectively, if if I'm remembering my 40k rules, right? Mm. Same in Horus Heresy. However, um, with the Night Lords one, where it said you can re retreat and instantly regroup. Is it says okay if they move out of charge range the person can choose another target, but if not they have to then roll the new distance that is made. So right. if someone goes to charge you, you go okay I'm going to use action point and retreat as much as I can, and you could potentially move the charge from a six inch charge to a twelve inch charge. Yeah, 
And then if they don't make it, that's it. And it just these action points, I think, are going to be the game changer out of the lot because, again, you've got this interaction. Because uh, to be fair, that was one of the downsides with Horus Heresy is one turn had to go and you got an absolute spanking, and then you just had to try and deliver another spanking in return. And then it's the, got it's the same issue with it's the same issue with forty k um, that I find at the minute is. The few games that I've had, like first turn, is so important. Mm. Um, get an absolute <clears> kicking, <throat> and then you're like, right, I'm not, I'm not going to recover from this. Or- yeah, I mean that's how that's how I win most of the games that I play is to <laughs> decimate as much stuff as I can in the first turn. Yeah, so that they've not got as much stuff to hit me back with, and then it's just it's an avalanche from there. You're like you're a spanker extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have they um, have they announced like have they said when we're going to hear more? When's this open day? In- so the open day is on the seventh of May. Uh, tickets go on sale. Uh, it'll be I believe on the fourth of April. So it'll be this Monday coming. Monday. So it'll be the day this mm. podcast gets released, um, if we are on time with everything, <laughs> it should be <laughs> should be. Um, I me and my friends are in. A once in a rare lifetime experience, which doesn't happen very often, the entire group is set to go to this thing in my my gaming group, which is rare that everyone is united to go to do something. So, uh, if I'm hoping I can go there, uh, there are a couple of YouTube content creators. Mister Broadsword Wargaming Ollie is going to yep. be there, and I'm going yeah. to be f- photo bombing as much as humanly possible. <laughs> Yeah, I know. This is a bit, I've seen a few people saying they're going. I know Mikey from Hellstone Wargaming is going as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few people going. I feel feel upset that myself and Luke have not been invited. Uh, I, but, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I would imagine it's for people that are actively showing an interest in horror yeah. heresy. I, I know Ollie's got contacts at Games Workshop as well. Um, so people on the inside. Yeah, I've got to get yeah. on the inside of you somehow. <laughs> inside. Um, cool. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing more about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like there's too much information out there. I thought there was a bit more out. No. Uh, but I guess that's cool. Um, and all we can do between now and then is sort of speculate. Um, yeah, on the, on the open day, they are going to have the game available to play. So you can play Brilliant. test it there and then. So we will so, know more on that open day. So when when is the open day? May? Yeah, May the seventh. Uh, I believe it's a Saturday. I believe so. Um, we. So what yeah. day is it? So Monday, eighteenth, second. So it'll be like if it's Saturday the seventh of May, we've got a podcast. Uh, we'll be recording the podcast the weekend after that. Okay, cool. So we can talk about that yeah. on that uh, on that episode, which will be out on the whatever date. Yeah, whatever day that is. But yeah, 16th. that that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I'm super looking forward to that. So I will tell you more about that once I've been for the experience of an experience. Cool. Well, that was uh, a brief rundown on what the horror... Ser- it's a brief. It's like <laughs> the podcast is like 45 minutes long. Um, so that was a brief rundown on what the horror heresy is, a brief history on the previous game and issues it had. And... A little bit of a speculation as to the new edition. And we'll know more about that, hopefully, if Elston manages to get there. 
then uh, we'll we'll be we'll have a big podcast the the next podcast after he's been mm. where you can spill all the beans and tell us mm. all the things mm. that you were Looking out. forward to it so much. And sorry, everyone. I know I've dominated the talking in this one, so I do apologise. I'm just so excited. That's fine. That's fine. And with that, we will uh, we'll end the main topic and we'll move on to Stuff. our favourite topic, which is Snack Attack. <laughs> Yay! So, so this is the Snack Attack section. This is where we rate and review... Snacks as wargaming snacks. So this is things like sweets, crisps, like anything like snacky, drinks, alcohol, whatever that you would consume while you're playing your favourite wargaming games. Um, so if you've got any suggestions or submissions... Submissions? Yeah, yeah. That is the right, that is the right yeah, word. I'm pretty it, sure it, you got that right. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't sound right in my head. <laughs> So if you've got any suggestions or your own submissions that you want us to try and review, then uh, chuck them in the suggestions box over on Discord. This week, Elston, you have picked the uh, topic for Snack Attack, so would you care to explain uh, what we're doing today? Today? Today, people, we are talking about the one, the only, the very generic subject of crisps. We haven't chosen this because we forgot that we were doing Snack Attack. We have not chosen this because <laughs> we forgot about Snack Attack. I've just yeah, want to put we that are prof- we're, pro- we're professionals. We don't forget about things that we do no. every week. No. no. <laughs> Sorry, you were going to say something. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, for those of you listening in the US of A, uh, crisps uh, are chips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For you, those of you listening not in the US of A, we're not talking about chips. We're talking about crisps. Mm, just exactly. to confirm exactly exactly so yeah chips and crisps chips and crisps yes so why oh why did i pick the uh generic topic of crisps in general because this is going to be the beginning of the crispathon the crispathon the crispathon okay the crispathon is we <laughs> right here, right here's the truth okay we got a suggestion a while back about trying tomato ketchup flavored crisps, and we were like, "Cool," but it seems a bit weird ordering a packet of crisps online for that specific reason because we've got to find it. Anyway, we're going to do it. Don't worry, we will do it. But I realised crisps is far too large. It's far too large to like. Uh, we're going to have multiple types of crisps on a show. If this if this podcast is going on for a while crisps are going to show up more than once so i needed to start us off with the generic crisps and then we can divulge into all the flavors accordingly so and textures and stuff like that because there's multiple different types there's like the stick style ones there's the frazzle style ones granted i'm talking a lot about british chips chips crisps crisps here right now um so there are multiple types and if you have suggestions for the specific types you like, let us know. Because that is much easier to talk about rather than a tomato ketchup flavoured one. Because one tomato ketchup flavoured crisp may taste different to another tomato ketchup flavoured crisps. Not all bacon flavoured crisps are the same, which makes me sad. 
Because some are I've, awesome. I've, I've just ordered my tomato ketchup flavored crisps. Oh, well, all right. Okay, I'll do that. So next next podcast, we will definitely do the tomato ketchup flavored crisps. I've ordered a six pack off Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess that's the smallest amount I can buy. I, hence why I was a little bit reluctant to do it as well. I was like, oh, I because if I don't like them, I've got five more packets of crisps. So we're going to be like, hmm, what am I going to do with these? I guess I could give them to people, but it's... you could win them as prizes on the podcast. Yeah, let's yeah, let's do that. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I've got six packets of tomato ketchup flavored crisps coming to me, <laughs> so they'll be ready for the next podcast. So I wanted to talk a little bit about crisps in general, just to get like as a like a precursor to set people up for crisps. So if any of you were like, but crisps are so diverse. This is the one where we're we're talking about crisps in general. And we'll yeah. give a rating just on crisps themselves, not flavors. And then we'll and then we'll give and then we'll give yeah each different flavor or type of crisp that we do try mm-hmm. its own score. Ex- exactly. That because is. stuff like Doritos, mm-hmm. they'll score. I imagine they'll score quite low on the finger residue scale. Yeah, they got cheesy because they got cheesy dust. Yeah. Whereas stuff like skips, skips, squ- squares. Yep. There be, there be, and we we also need to, um, we've we've got a couple of extra sort of things that we need to, uh, put in when we're when we're rating these. So mm-hmm. we now have the uh, finger residue scale. <laughs> yep. Uh, which each thing will get is so we're going to give an overall rating, and then we're mm-hmm. also going to give a rating on the finger residue scale, and also the what was it the. Chew, chew to oh, yeah. weight ratio. Yeah, weight what was it? Ratio. Let me find it. It was in the. Let me find it. <laughs> uh, yeah, chew. I think it was chew to weight ratio. It was something like that. You're like, let how much do you the... have to chew versus the weight, or, or was it chew to cost? Or I, I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, while he's doing that, yeah, the crisp. The crisp is a form of potato snack, which has either been oven-baked, fried, however they produced it. And you usually get it in packets, and they are crispy. Nutritious? Probably not, to be honest. Tasty? Pretty much. High in salt? Pretty much always. But they are a great snack. Um, So they're quite common in the UK, I would say, that crisps are a staple diet for most packed lunches that if you yeah. have if, if you have a packed lunch or packed lunches have a box of sandwiches or whatever you will probably find a packet of crisps in there because crisps crisps are such a good snack because and i think it's because of the variety of flavors of styles like there's 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 loads there now there's some that are better than others and it, to be fair though like i have the same thing with pizza like even bad pizza is still pizza that is true, and the, even even like cheap crisps are still crisps. Yeah, I think what are, the, the thing which puts me off mostly about some crisps if they're banned is the oil consistency. Yeah, like it, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but it can make your mouth feel really nasty. Like yeah, the, the oil index. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with that oil index in them. <laughs> um, I think that's that's the thing. Unless the ta- unless the flavour is really really like weird, I think oil the oil consistency or index 
is the next thing which really puts me off because after you've eaten a packet, you feel like uh, your mouth's going to disintegrate or it feels like you need to scratch the roof of your mouth or it's just... Yeah, that's... I mean, those are the main downsides for bad crisps, Mm. I would say, out there. They are still crisps, though. So I think, think, yeah, I think overall crisps, if I had to give crisps in general a score on, like, as a wargaming snack, I would say that crisps are probably... A solid eight out of ten overall, like in general, they are they are just a good solid choice. Yes, yeah. And you now always... some some are better than others, mm-hmm. especially Correct. for war, a wargaming snack. But yeah. overall, I would say I would say an eight out of ten. We also got told off um, for doing decimal points on the scoring, so I oh, apologise for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we will just stick to full number okay. scores from now oh, on. Okay. Right. So yeah. Not, someone, someone told someone told me off. They said, "Why, why do point fives? Why not just rate it out of hundred if you're going to do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, fair point." Okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say crisps are high up there, eight. Um, if you've got a bad one, I'd possibly even say go down to six. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely well, above think, half. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think the lower scoring ones I would probably score as a six, and like some of the some of the better ones would be nines, maybe even mm. tens. So I think eight as an average for crisps in general mm. is, I think, a good score. <clears throat> and, and crisps in uh, crisp can include. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in as a little caveat, and I know I will possibly get some either hate or contradiction for this stuff like mini cheddars. I'm classing in the crisp category. Yeah, you eat so, it like it's like a crisps. Yeah, although people say no, it's a biscuit. You're like, mm. well, well, this is the same thing. People say that Doritos aren't crisps; they're nachos. It's like no, they're not. Uh, the crisps. crisps. Nach- nachos would fall into crisps category as well. I know yeah. you can, you can have them with other stuff, but they are they're crisps. Like if you have if you have if you have like a, a tray full of cheesy nachos, essentially what you're having is just a crisp lasagna. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, I completely agree. Hundred <laughs> percent. So there we go. Crisps rating <laughs> an eight out of ten. I think from mm. me. And Elson, you said, did you agree? Yeah, eight out of 10 oh, yeah I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, eight is a, a solid eight, uh, but can fluctuate depending on the specifics. Hence mm-hmm. why we, we, I thought I'd start us off with the generic crisp in general is it is on the eight side of things. And for the next episode, we're going to have the tomato ketchup flavored crisps, mm. so we'll be able to give them a unique score. We'll give them the weight to chew ratio. <laughs> we'll, we'll give them the weight to chew ratio score will give them the uh, finger residue index mm. yeah oh, the <laughs> we'll, oil index and the finger on the, on the residue finger... thing yeah weight to chew ratio and the finger residue contamination contamination and the oil index oil, oil index yes. <laughs> and then our overall <laughs> score um so if you've got any other suggestions for other flavors of crisp that you'd like us to try or just any other snacks Mm-hmm. Or drinks or anything like that. Please, someone recommend some different drinks for us to try because yeah, I'd be I'd be up for trying some. That doesn't have to be alcoholic. It can just be a fizzy pop or a, something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to just, be honest with you, alcoholic is kind of restricting when it comes to wargaming because a lot of times you've got to drive home. So not always. Yeah, but not always though. But yeah, so yeah. just chuck those recommendations over on the Discord, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we we are working through them. We are starting to work through them. We've got a few in there, so. 
we'll get to those over the next... And it's not just going to be crisps for a few weeks either. Like, we're going to do crisps <laughs> next week, and then we'll do something else the week after, and we'll we'll keep the, the crisp... What was it? Was it the crispocalypse? Chris, the crispathon. Crispathon. Uh, we'll keep that going over uh, every other week or every few weeks or something. Yeah, cool. Right, and now we are on to the final section of the show, uh, which is our book club uh, section. Now... Mm. A little bit of a housekeeping note on this section. Originally, I thought it'd be a good idea to have this in every episode, um, and then I've failed to read a, finish reading a single book <laughs> since we started doing this. So we might alternate between us. We might miss a show where we don't have a book club recommendation, depending on what we've been able to read mm. and get through and stuff. And we might just do them as and when we've got them and just have it as a, a sporadic section on the show sure. uh, but we have got one for this week elston has yeah. uh, taken a recommendation from the uh, community and he's he's ready or listen to it and uh, he's gonna tell you a little bit about it and give his recommendation so elston mm. over to you yeah so um what uh to so with this week's book club i took a recommendation words come to me <laughs> oh god so with this week's book club, I took a recommendation from Bram over at the Discord because last week we slated the um, uh, dragon bat monster vampire thing from the Soulblight range. And uh, Bram was like, well, if you're going to diss Laukavai, then I'm going to suggest this. So I took up the challenge and I was like, okay, I take your challenge and I accept with another gauntlet back to the face. So I listened to it. Uh, this is a book called The Dynasty of Monsters. Uh, it's a Soulblight Gravelords book um, from the Age of Sigmar's range of things. And it is based on the vampires uh, within the Age of Sigmar times of things. Now, with this, I was sceptical, to say the least. I have to point out, though, this before I get into it, is this determination to listen to a book in a week was really good was a really nice way to be immersed within a story because I knew I had a week to listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I, every chance I got, I got headphones on so I could listen to the story. And it doesn't break the immersion. Uh, you know, if you're reading a book and it takes you a couple of months, <laughs> you may leave it for a week. And therefore, the immersion kind of goes away because you forget where you are. Ugh, sneeze time. Um, but this this instance was really interesting because I was like, okay. And I, I plowed through the book in no time at all. I've got something rattling on my desk. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, book club. How you will disjoint this recording. So... Thank you, Bram, for suggesting this. It was It was very refreshing to just plow through a book uh it was it was very interesting it didn't break the immersion um and i feel like i i enjoyed the book because of it now the when i first started listening to the this book i was a little bit not sure fantasy settings always are a little bit weird for me i they don't kind of um they don't resonate that well with me um however in moments um, during the book, there were battle scenes, and 
I can definitely see why a lot of the fantasy players played Warhammer Fantasy because they're a bit where there's battles going on and it really drew drew you into that um that kind of mass battle having like hundreds of troops all slaughtering each other and stuff like that and it I can really feel the appeal for fantasy players when they create armies of that size and I was like oh this is this is really getting me intrigued to like paint some armies up and stuff like that because this is cool um let me tell you a little bit about the synopsis though um the the concept of it is about a a settlement called the colonnade and it is basically near a vampire city army uh i can't remember their name avangoy oh i can't remember that bram's gonna slate me for this anyway the the synopsis is there is a war there's a war herd so the um beast men of chaos are coming to basically just kill everything and there are thousands of them they are just coming to absolutely wreck face now the colonnade find out about this and they are sitting there going yeah we can't deal with this this is going to be too much for us um but we also think it's going to be too much for the vampires. So let's make an alliance with the vampires. And the there's it's quite a nice amount of like political intrigue and like weird machinations going on of subterfuge and trying to play games with each other and stuff like that. Uh, but it it had this nice resonant of old school vampires. Uh, do you remember the Twilight days when everyone started thinking vampires were like sparkly people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there's none of that. It, Good. It, it was so refreshing. It was like, and they were kind of like scarily charming. So they're very poised and very very considerate with their wording, but <clears throat> also very. Hi, my name's Kavak. And it was just like this kind of like, oh, this is what I remember vampires being like. The that kind of suave, sophisticated, but also a killer kind of approach to it. Um The one thing which did still weird me out was they you know the weird bat dragon Ugh, thing, yeah. right? That's apparently all of the vampires now. Well, Ugh. a lot a majority of them. And I was like, right. I, I get confused because they're like, yeah, they walked along on their four legs and then they had wings and then the top half was a vampire. And I was like, eh, um, this is weird. But I found out the reason why that is, is apparently they uh, they get turned into vampires and then in Age of Sigma there's a realm gate, but you don't go anywhere with it you get when you go into it it kind of reflects on yourself and it is all about the the embracing monstrosity is is the common trend that goes through the book and it's about uh people or the vampires fully accepting they're like yeah we're monsters that and we're we're proud of being monsters and there's this wonderful thing of uh it's basically a form of racism in the colonnade they're like no you're monsters you 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 should all be purged and the vampires are like yeah we, we know we're monsters but we're we're happy being monsters and <laughs> are you happy being humans because if you were a monster i bet you'd feel better and it's uh the whole book is 
the the kind of interlocking main story is about two brothers and a lady. Uh, the lady's called Atella, and the two brothers, one is called Kavak and one is called Jarus. Um, one is a vampire and one is a bard. And the bard really doesn't like vampires. And he is scared and he's trying to rouse the colonnade to fight against the vampires, even though they're trying to make an alliance with the vampires. Uh, Kavak is reports to the lady who is the model for the GW kit called Laukavai, who is the mother of nightmares. And there is a very, it's, it's just a wonderful intrigue of old vampire stories versus humans versus another threat. And, and when the vampires get their bloodlust up, it is, it's just cool seeing what they do because they just go absolutely bananas. And it, it's quite, it's a it's a weird book because I didn't want to like it, but I do like it. Um, I like, so you did not, enjoy the book then, in the end? Yeah, I did. I did enjoy the book. It's not, as I said, I didn't want to because I was not. I was like, oh, this is. I I've never really been massively into fantasy, but this was a wonderful book. It's not the longest of book reads. I think it's about eleven hours. So on the smaller side of things, mm-hmm. but. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, if anyone's got any kind of interest in vampires and uh, sort of truth and deceptions um, sort of covered by a monstrous charm, it's, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. But yeah, the it, it explains a few things and explains why they look like reptiles, like dragon things. I still don't agree with it, but it did at least explain why vampires look like weird half dragons now. Yeah. So oh. yeah, that that is the Dynasty of Monsters uh, by I think it's David Annandale. True. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your uh, mini review on that, and thank you, Bram, for your suggestion uh, for us to listen to that. Um, I may give it a go at some point once I've got through the couple of books that I've got sort of waiting for me. Um, <clears throat> I'm hoping to finish off. Infinite and Divine by the time we do the next podcast so that I can talk about that and then I'm going to get on to doing uh, Rain because I'm really looking forward to reading that. Nice. Um, If if anyone does have any suggestions for any other books they recommend, stick it in the Discord. We will sure give them a look. Yeah. And with that, we are at the end of yet another podcast. We've done it. Time to go. I, I do apologise, everyone. I've dominated this one. I, I It won't be the same every week. It's just I was excited this week. So Yeah, this was very much the Elston show. Uh, yeah. This week. Elston came up with the idea for crisps. Elston talked about Horace Heresy. Elston listened to the book. Um, I'm just yeah. here today. I'm yeah. just here um, to help. But... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, next 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 show we'll have something that we can both get our teeth into a little bit more. Mm. Um, we're hoping to have some guests on at some point soon. Mm, it might not yeah. be for the next episode, but definitely one in the near future. Yeah. Um, and think, uh, got some cool topics to talk about. Do you think we can convince Luke to come on the show? I mean, I can't see it being that hard, really. <laughs> It'd just be weird talking to Luke over voice and no picture. And yeah, but we were talking to Luke and like, interviewing him almost, considering yeah. I, I work with him every day. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't fun. see why not. We'll, we'll, but the thing is, like we've said before, we want to have guests on. We want to have a reason to have them on, exactly um, rather than just for the sake of it. So we'll think of a good reason to get him on, and we'll sort it. 
But thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, Elston Bonanza. Um, if you have, be sure to leave us a like and a review. Um, share it out with any of your geeky friends that you think might enjoy it. And uh, make sure you, you follow along as well so you get updated. Whenever we release a new episode, it'll be straight in your basket. You can find you can find me over on YouTube. On the Pickle Jar, which is my main channel where I post videos, usually every couple of weeks. It has been a while, but I've got a load of good videos coming up soon. And you can also find me over on uh, the Pickle Vision channel, which is where I live stream every Wednesday evening and every other Sunday morning. Uh, Elston, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? You can mainly find me on my YouTube channel, Elstonation, if you to get into YouTube search. I'm probably the only person with that name. Um, and apart from that, this podcast and hopefully a Facebook page coming up near to you sometime soon. Uh, that is the main places you can find me. If you ever want to contact us for whatever reason, suggestions or whatever, head over to the Pickle Jar Discord or drop us a PM and we shall see what we can do. Yeah. So thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day or week or whenever you're listening to this podcast and we'll catch you on the next episode. So thanks very much for watching, guys. Bye bye. You later. bye bye. Bye 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 bye. This is the other thing we need to work out how to do is how to end a podcast. I mean I could I could deal with it the same way we went out or came in. Nobody wants that. We could no I'm sure they do want that. This is how we ended. This is how we ended. <laughs> I bet you someone sung that during a, a moment of private time. This is how I ended. <laughs>